Hi, this is Dion Bake from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Wow. Hello and welcome back, everybody. Glad to see you here again this week. Sandy, uh, you're looking sharp. How's it going? Fine. Um, great. Yourself? Very good. Very good. Uh, been lots of nice warm weather this summer, and um, I think that's helped with people getting out there, even through all of what's going on, and uh, things have been strong, so... Absolutely. Yeah. The real estate market is wild and crazy uh, this year, as, as we've been talking about. So, uh, you know, lots of opportunities, but it's also tough going around, at least around where we are right? in terms of getting some deals. Um, they are uh, they are getting scooped up quickly. I saw a post the other day. I didn't read too much into it. I saved it for later. But uh, that uh, this year, this this past July, uh, more houses in Ontario have sold than any any other month in the last 40 years. Well, July was a really, you know, July is typically it's a little not slow, but it's not not the not the most active month, right? Because it's uh, you know people getting into the warm weather, but definitely we had a late spring uh, action, uh, you know, for um, obvious reasons, and uh, July was a wild one. I agree. Yeah, I think after. I think it's people moving north, and then those people moving more north. Uh, I think is what's going on. Seems like mm -hmm. everyone wants out of the city. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> everyone should go over to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. There you can listen to this and all the other episodes that we've done in the past. And that seems to be one of your uh, best choices right now because we've had a little bit of technical difficulty. I think it's all cleared up. If you're listening on iTunes, <clears throat> definitely clear it up. But we've had some problems and so we are uh have we have been looking into them lately and hopefully they'll be fixed up soon <clears throat> they'll they're, they're they should be fixed now if it's not uh you know you're probably listening to this it's probably okay but uh yeah excuse the couple weeks of uh hiccups there um it's all for better growth going forward we're transitioning to a couple of new uh tools and stuff tech wise and um yeah it's gonna all make things better and more available so we can get these out uh as much as we have and, and more in going forward so that will be fixed and then obviously they can listen and watch on facebook uh live every every week wednesdays 10 30 and then uh youtube as well um if they want to watch join in the into the chat and ask us some questions live on the air they can go ahead and do that yeah and then uh i'm just looking now sandy we're, we're still not up there it's like we don't exist anymore <clears throat> so don't worry, I, it's coming i can't read our reviews but i do know that one came in the other day and they gave us one star for not being available the last couple of weeks. 
Well, I'm really sorry about that, guys. I feel like I feel I do feel like the uh, the reviews should be of the actual content of the show, whether you like it or not. Maybe not whether you're having technical difficulty listening to the last few episodes or not. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Feel free to leave whatever you want in there. Um, Sandy, th- we've also got a free gift there that they can get on our website when they go. Yeah, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. They can pick that up. And uh, also when they do that, you get it on our email list to get uh, uh, access to everything that we do. Essentially, you'll hear about all the updates, every show. So I think that is a really good reminder of a, of a way that people get reminded of the show because, you know, um, whether you're listening on iTunes or wherever you're listening, you know, it is our, all of our shows are available on the website. And so when you get on our email list, you'll be notified and you'll get reminded, hey, check this new episode out we just interviewed you know, so-and-so and you won't miss out on a show and, and you can go listen to them on our website right now. And, and you would have had, uh, got notice about that if you're on our email list. So go do that. Then you won't miss out on a show, even if we do have technical issues here and there. And, uh, you'll also hear about all of our live events and things like that that we got going on. So go jump on, get the free gift there, but also join in on our, on our email list and get access to it all. Sounds good. And I'll just say this because normally you'd be able to go over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Um, so hopefully by the time you're listening to this, you'll be able to do that then. And we will uh, continue to read those comments on the air. And we do appreciate all of the input that you guys have given us. So thanks very much. And of course, subscribe wherever you're listening to it. If it's Facebook, if it's YouTube, if it's iTunes, wherever you're listening to it, uh, subscribe and hit the notification button so that you'll get all the notifications of the new episodes when they come out. Okay, I think we got through that. We made it. We made it. Okay, let's uh, let's bring on our guest. I think uh, we uh, we're ready for him. We got uh, awesome guest here with us today, Jake Novus. And Jake began diving into the real estate investment world with his mother and became a Rain member, a real estate investment network member at age of sixteen. That's got to be one of the younger members out there. And uh, he attended McMaster University at twenty in twenty thirteen, studied mechanical engineering and management. Uh, during his time there, he continued to shadow his mother's investment journey, attended RAIN meetings. I uh, then took a leap and partnered with her on two multifamily properties in Hamilton, six unit and a nine unit, and taking on all, all sides of the acquisition. And now is a full-time multifamily investor with a strong focus on the management side of things. So really excited to welcome to the show, uh, Jake Novus. Hey guys, thanks for having me. appreciate it. Looking forward to the show. Happy to have you. <clears throat> So uh, as we usually do, let's start with how you got started in real estate investing. We touched on it a little bit, but I mean, it's pretty hard to get old to go out and sit through a rain meeting, I would imagine. So yeah, start. yeah, that's a great question. So um, again, around the age of 16 or so, you know, just going through high school, doing the usual thing. Um, never really knew investing was a thing. Never mind just like general financial management and uh, long term planning. Uh, around that age, my mom started getting into the real estate business. So she joined Rain, kind of looking for a way to build some wealth and, uh, and long-term generational wealth. Um, at that point, she kind of forced my hand and dragged me along to the Rain meetings. Uh, I was a little reluctant and hesitant at first. Obviously, didn't quite fit in there. Uh, the the age range is a little older than I was at the time. Not really many people in my group, but uh, just kind of stuck with it. Went along. Um, fell asleep at a few of the meetings, I believe, and uh, just uh, tried to absorb as much as I could um, and just really learn whatever I could, meet a few people, uh, network, just kind of see how that world works. Um, Continued to just learn about real estate and uh, eventually 
when I moved to Hamilton to go to McMaster University, uh, began started thinking about an investment property. So at that point, it was more or less looking for a student rental to kind of house hack, purchase one, live in one unit, rent of the bedrooms. Um, obviously hard to qualify as a student. So we ended up uh, pressing hold on that, didn't really work out. So just kind of kept learning and growing. Um, at that point, uh, we looked at starting to, well, I looked at joining her on the active side of multifamily investments. So by that time, she had a few residential properties, a couple multifamilies that I had actually silent or joint ventured in. So just a capital partner and just kind of watching her, what she did um, with whatever savings I had at that point. And from there, I, uh, I basically, living in Hamilton worked out very well. It was a target market for us at the time. Um, and I basically took on all the acquisition sides of that first property. So over about a year or so during my second year of school, uh, touring properties, looking around, eventually did uh, purchase the first six unit building there. Um, and not as involved in the management of things. So we did have property managers at that time. So that was one side that I've now moved towards, but at the time it was just acquisition. So I was focusing on the purchasing. Uh, my mother is a financial wizard and a joint venture capital raising guru. So she handled all that side at the time, although I was involved in it, you know, with her doing the presentations, um, staying up to date with what was happening. Um, kind of repeated that process uh, with the next building a year later. So that was the nine unit in Hamilton. Um, same exact story, same sort of value add strategy we're going for those properties. Uh, once I graduated, so after a few more years, um, just owning those and focusing on my schooling, moved to Waterloo for an engineering position. I had rented an apartment for a few months, but I quickly realized I didn't want to pay for rent so um, and just want to keep building the portfolio. So I did purchase a condo in Waterloo just for myself to live in. Um, pretty much did a full gut of that condo and renovated it up to uh, a higher quality style. And after about a year of living there, uh, we moved forward with one additional purchase in Cambridge. So another six unit building, which I'm actually living in one of the units right now and working on. Um, and at that time it made sense. We had one unit vacant here that needed a lot of work. So I moved into this, rented out my condo. Um, and then after a few months of being here and just kind of seeing how the management, cause we did have a product manager for this property. Cause I knew I couldn't handle that at the time working full time. Um, around December or so of last year, we started discussing, you know, our portfolio is kind of at that size of, um, you know, a full-time property manager to take over all the units. Um, we also started looking ahead at the long-term goals. So, you know, you see people like obviously yourselves really invested in the, in real estate and also running business like Sandy, you have the executive and, um, guys like Kyle Poulos who are in it, but now growing, um, guys like Mike Rock on, uh, Mark Baltzar, I follow them a lot. You know, they've obviously are fully invested in the, in the business full time. And I kind of realized in order to grow the business and also just have more control over what we're doing with our current portfolio, um, it would be a great opportunity to, to dive in and just take over management. So spent a few months building up the management business uh, behind the scenes while I was working, making sure I had everything in place. And then as of uh, March this year, took over management of our portfolio. And then uh, just been working on growing that since. You know, it's funny. It seemed like everyone made big moves around March, which, <laughs> which I don't know, maybe it's fortunate or unfortunate. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah. I thought at first it just coincidentally when, uh, when COVID kind of hit, um, that's when I took over. I thought it would be a terrible time for it, but it actually worked out well because it kind of gave us a little bit of leeway in terms of not entering units. And I mean, everybody was slow in general. So I actually spent all of COVID. Yeah, so um, actually had a good couple months there where nobody was really doing much, but I was able to just grind out in the, on the business and make sure I had everything in place while I, while I was taking over. So it worked out well, actually. Great, that's good, that's good. So are you going to be outside or only your own portfolio? 
yeah, the uh, the plan is only ever to be my own portfolio. Um, I've had people um, come up to me actually as soon as I started at a networking event asking if I would take over theirs. Um, I've declined it for now. Um, the plan that I really want to focus on is building up my uh, raising capital and acquisition side of things to buy more properties um, and just manage those. So that's kind of the plan right now. I don't really see myself taking over other people's properties. Um, it is a lot of work. It's not a, it's not an easy job. And um, I really just like, I spend a lot more time on our own portfolio. I think then I would like to ask of another property manager just because, you know, we want to keep growing it. And a lot of the time I'm looking at ways to grow and, and raise capital and purchase more buildings now. Um, and I think it's just gonna make more sense for me to grow it just for our own. That's the plan. Okay. Okay. So yeah. what does the portfolio look like right now? Yep. So uh, right now I'm, I'm managing 40 units. So 22 of those I'm an active partner in. Uh, eight of those I was a silent partner in. Um, and then the other 12 is one of my mother's other properties in Hamilton. Um, so there's four multifamilies in Hamilton, one in Cambridge. Uh, I do have the condo as well. So I've taken all of, our, all of those at the moment. Right on. That's, oh, that's awesome. And uh, And I guess you guys are actively always looking for the next one. Yeah, I've, I've kind of put a pause on things this, I guess, so far this year, just because I really want to make sure I know there's, a, there's been a lot of growing pains and a lot of steep learning curves with these properties that I'm learning from and kind of consistently making notes of what I would change next time. Um, I think within the next year or so, I'd like to uh, start raising money and looking at another acquisition. Um, I think for the rest of this year, I'm really just trying to dial down my systems and processes with the management company to make sure I can take that on. So right now, I'm pretty busy and uh, overloaded sometimes. So making sure that I'm outsourcing correctly and, and have the teams in place to be able to grow the portfolio. Doing, uh, I was trying to do some math here. What's, how old are you right now? Uh, 20, 24, turning 25 next month right now. 25, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Wanted yeah. to get some clarity on those. those that's, a lot of, that's a lot of units for your young age. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, quick question before we move on from uh, the management. Well, we can obviously get into this, but uh explain a little bit about what you took on as far as that management goes yeah in terms of roles and uh i guess day-to-day -day, um yeah roles or um yeah sure. so yeah, like so what is your active job right now what do you yeah so good yeah exactly so yep so i basically have taken over everything i guess from the start so um from tenant communications, um, repairs and maintenance and flow, uh, general bookkeeping. My mother is an accountant, an accountant, so I do pass it off to her for the final reconciliations each month. But um, lease ups right now, um, planning all the renovations. I have been doing some of the renovation work, so I've got some experience there. So when it makes sense to take on those, if I have the time, um, I do those as well. So far, the only thing I really outsource is um, my paralegal for LLTB matters. I did spend a lot of time when I was building up the business to uh, read through a lot of the Art Residential Tenancies Act, make sure I knew what's going on, try to learn as much as I could. But I then realized um, the LTB kind of reacts better to paralegals handling those matters. And it's just better for her to focus on those. So I outsourced that. Um, and I have recently, obviously, most of the uh, repairs and maintenance on the properties I have outsourced. Um, obviously finding new contractors all the time, but, um, everything from, uh, yeah, lease ups, um, repairs and maintenance, tenant, re tenant responses, um, just about everything in the, in the business I'm, I'm handling right now myself. And you mentioned systems, just, is there any, is there any, uh, innovative systems that you want to share with people about what you're doing? For sure. I mean, um, I think the, the systems and procedures I've set in place are kind of the reason I'm 
I'm able to handle this number of units and also look at handling a lot more units without any issues. So while I was building the company, I spent a lot of time um, building up, say, an operating procedure for how I run the business in every sense. So how do I accept rents? Um, for example, right now I use Buildium, a property management software. So I spent a while trying to find what kind of software can take in all the maintenance requests, uh, put out the reports, take in the rents. So I actually use that for, say, accepting rents. Um, I only have one or two tenants that don't pay through that software. And uh, that basically puts my rental collection time down to zero. Um, other things like my Lisa procedures. So I've spent a lot of time with um, Quentin D'Souza has a great book on well management and, and leasing process. So a step-by-step -step guide of what I do. So, you know, how I renovate the units, an inspection checklist, um, how I create the ad. So I've got a template for that, how I'm going to market that ad response to how I get messaging, um, how I do the viewing, all those things. So I basically have just built up uh, standardized procedures for all that stuff that um, really lets me just kind of spend almost no time in thinking about what should I be doing and just kind of use the templates that I've set up um, and all sorts of templates, like obviously the notices that I send out, um, emails, communications, everything is sort of standardized at this point. I need to do some sort of touch-ups here and there, but now that it's all there, the, the foundation is set. I just kind of improve on it as I go. Right on. Why don't we uh, Why don't we talk about the pros and cons about apartment buildings and you know with the five plus units and and because you actually pretty much started right into that, right? Am I right with that, or did you ever explore other avenues, or why did you get into that specific type of property? Yeah, so great question. Um, it was my first purchase was a part of the multi it was it was a multifamily property, so. I did try to, as I mentioned before, sort of get into the student rental market as a student, ran into a lot of hiccups, obviously trying to qualify and needing co-signers, things like that. Um, it's obviously difficult. So one of the biggest reasons that I focus on multifamily and I'm going to moving forwards is just lending requirements. So, you know, it's all based on the property's financials. Um, the only thing, excuse me, the only thing that investors need is, uh, I think it's like 25% of the net worth of the loan and a minimum around 100,000 in assets on average for each investor. So with our joint venture partners, we have no problem qualifying for those. Whereas any residential purchases is, is, uh, is a bit of a nightmare, especially for myself when I was starting out with no income um, and also young now with minimal income. And uh, it's just a, a difficult procedure. So lending requirements is probably one of the biggest pros. And that's kind of the reason why I got into it initially. Um, in other words, there's there's a I think there's a number of different pros in multifamily. Um, one of them I would say is economies of scale. So when I manage these properties, obviously I'm, you know, managing six units all under one roof. It's a lot easier, you know, one maintenance system, one roof, uh, one set of laundry in the common area. Um, closing costs when purchasing are, are, there's only one fee, there's one lending fee, all those kind of go to make multifamily, I think a lot uh, more affordable and feasible of an investment option. And that's kind of the second, I think biggest option and biggest pro for multifamily investing. Any cons? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So a few of the cons I've recently learned are that, um, you know, it is it is almost like having multiple families, as some people have said, um, and being the product manager on those, uh, you do get a lot of conflicts between tenants. Um, you have one bad apple, it can kind of affect the rest and, uh, and really inhibit or really restrict, I guess, growth in the entire building. So for example, the one nine in Hamilton, we, we've got a couple bad tenants there that we're working on sort of helping get out, um, but it does impact the rest of the building. You know, we get complaints all the time about these people and it's hard to improve on a property like that. So that's one of the, I guess, management downsides. Um, the other con obviously is uh, greater capital requirements. Like you need uh, you need a lot of joint venture capital to get into the deals, right? So anything six and up, 
um, kind of ballpark, looking at like 35% of the, the purchase price for down payment and closing and things like that. Um, and that's a lot of money to raise, right? So it's easier to get into a, a single or a duplex for those reasons as well. Yeah, it is tough. You have, you know, you get 10 plus units, 10 plus tenants. There's bound to be, you can screen and do all you can. There's bound to be not necessarily a really bad apple, but there's bound to be someone stirring the pot a little bit with things, right? Um, whether maybe it's, maybe they just, you know, in a couple of years they've been there, they gradually start to change their life or whatever, right? You never know. You can't, it's things you can't, things you can't avoid in those uh, bigger buildings sometimes that are, just a, it's just you're gonna nature of the beast right you're gonna deal with it yeah and it's it's a it's a con but it's almost also a pro because things like that and things like say they stop paying rent so or or vacancies is obviously a much smaller hit to your bottom line than if you have a single family and they're they're the problem right so um a pro and a con but i mean it's something to, to be aware of definitely so let's talk about how the into becoming a full-time investor that's what a lot of people want to hear about when they listen to you. and i think that uh more for you if i'm not wrong it was it was almost thrust upon you as like a, a you know you really didn't have much choice but i'm sure that there's growing pains and and things that maybe you learned along the way um what was your job before you transitioned out yeah, so I worked at a robotic software company for about two years at a, at a university. Um, so just a normal uh, nine-to-five job there um, in Waterloo. And then what prompted you to look towards becoming full-time and quitting that job? Yeah, so it was definitely a difficult decision. Um, I think one of the biggest realizations is that unless you're the silent partner, uh, as much as everybody thinks it's a passive investment for an active partner, it's it's more of an active business, right? It's, it's active. It's not really as passive as some people think if you are running and investing in the business. So um, kind of just realizing that although we had, you know, management in place to handle the day-to-day things, if we want to really grow and, and reach potential of what we kind of want to do, um, needed to be fully involved in that as well as I personally uh, am more passionate about this environment, this work environment. Um, I love my old job and I love that industry. Um, but I think I was just a better fit for this and it kind of excited me um, and the thoughts of working on basically if, if you're, if I'm working the old job, making income and still able to invest on the side, it's great. But you know, nine to five, I'm making somebody else wealthy. Right. So I want to be able to work on my own portfolio as my day job, but in, you know, as a result, still making, you know, myself and our investors wealthy. So that was kind of the biggest thing of where am I spending my time? And then, um, also it's just something I've been kind of my end goal for a long time was to be a full-time real estate investor. And this opportunity just kind of, came across as in realizing, you know, it's what I had to do and it, and it worked out really well. Um, yeah. Without going into too much detail, obviously is, was it difficult to replace that income? Yeah, definitely. I, I, by no means, I think replaced it to the same degree. Um, but at this stage in my life right now, um, I'm living in one of our properties. I'm keeping my expenses down. Um, I'm just being, you know, cautious with say living expenses to keep it down where, I haven't fully replaced my income and I'm not exactly sure when that will be, but I'm able to sort of get by for now. And, uh, and it's plenty, you know, plenty to get by on. And, uh, I get to spend all my days focusing on, on the portfolio and, and growing it where I think I can grow to where we want to be multiple times faster now that I'm, I'm focusing on this business every single day. Whereas, um, it's very, it was very different. I mean, it's difficult to invest part time if you want to substantially grow as, as, a while working full time. So I just think I can grow a lot faster now to a point where I want to get to. Um, 
obviously replacing income will replacing full income will be just a bit of a longer journey, but um, it's a, it's trade off for me. Well, I mean, you getting in, in the, the industry so young, I mean, you said you're going to rain meetings at 16. Um, you know, that probably helped, you know, you don't, maybe don't need as big of an income. Some people trying to transition out in their forties, fifties, et cetera, uh, might look a little different, but what, what kind of, uh, if someone else is out there at age 18, 20, it's, you know, that type of thing, any advice for them on how they could get in and get an early head start on this and, and really dive into the industry, you know, at that sort of age? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the biggest thing is to get a mentor, um, and to get people around you that are sort of on the same goal. Obviously I'm, extremely grateful and uh, blessed to have the opportunity working with my mother who's doing that. Um, but I just think say, for example, I know Kyle Pools was on here and uh, he started managing his dad's portfolio. I think while he was living there, he mentioned, and, uh, and that's a great way to just get your foot in the door and get experience and start working on it. Um, and I think just having people around you and reaching out to people um, specifically a mentor, but then in addition, just growing your network to see what you need and, and how you can get involved. Um, and one thing I know, I follow, uh, Matt McKeever is a big influence for me. Um, one thing he recommends is just, you know, try to provide value. So if you don't have anybody like that, you know, find what you're good at, um, reach out to somebody and say, Hey, can I help you with this? Just to get kind of your foot in the door and get involved and help out. Um, and then that's somebody that you can sort of bounce ideas off of, um, and use as a mentor to, to help grow as if you're young. And I think that'd be the biggest, the biggest one for me. Yeah, that's a great, great advice. I think hundred percent agree, especially if you, maybe you don't have as much value to add, you know, early on and like, you're not going to, you're not going to expect to get paid necessarily for everything. Just go find some ways to help out and uh, force your way into that mentorship. Right. Maybe you might think some people don't have time for you, but trust me, everyone will, there's a way that everyone will make time for you if you're giving value to them. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too, is I think it's pretty important to offer something back. Like don't yeah. look for something for free, offer something back. And, uh, and that way, that way someone doesn't feel like <clears throat> there's a, there's a lot of people out there that will just say, Hey, you know, can I get all the information from you? Can I come out and learn what you know? And, uh, and I don't think that's the right way to go about it. I think that if there's something that you can offer back, it always just makes people feel better. Right. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't have that, value or you see something or I mean you can you can always learn it right so for example um, I wasn't comfortable saying I'm going to manage this portfolio because there's an obligation to say my mother's portfolio my investors are investors that these need to be run with the best possible option which before I knew anything is previous property management right they're doing a way better job than I could so I spent a lot of time learning and making sure that you know when I take over I'm going to provide value and a lot of additional value as well that um, you know above and beyond to make sure that it was the right decision and that um, somewhat working for free in, in some sense where I'm doing a lot of additional work and effort to make these properties successful. So um, getting to a point where those investors say, we need you, um, you know, and we need you to take on more properties if they're looking to, to sort of grow as well. So what do you think has been the biggest obstacle for you guys and how did you overcome it? Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest obstacle for me uh, early on, would have been limiting beliefs. I know everybody's are different. Mine was obviously like, I'm much younger than everybody. Nobody's going to take me seriously. Um, it's going to be hard to actually work this as a business. Um, I was very active with uh, sort of Tony Robbins um, material and trying to get past those limiting beliefs. So that was one for me of just sort of being confident in my knowledge um, and, uh, and reaching out to people, you know, with that confidence that, you know, I do know what I'm doing. Um, and this is a business that I can, that I can run. Um, 
So that's one of them. I would say the most recent uh, sort of challenges um, would probably be not delegating enough. So when I started the management, I was doing just about everything and uh, realizing that that's not really feasible for me. And also it was probably not really the best that we could do. So um, outsourcing and delegating as much as I can to people who are much better at than me is, is probably a big one. Um, and I think the biggest other thing I would say is in the sort of uh, the biggest obstacle or challenges was always just closing uh, on multifamily properties, um, especially without that experience at the start. So it's a, it's not quite like residential. So there's a lot, uh, a lot more that's involved, many more due diligence items. Um, it's just the more complicated and longer process. But uh, the biggest way we ever overcame that is just making sure we had a great team in place to help us out. So professional lawyers and insurance agents, um, inspectors, property managers, all focused on real estate that could help us get through that process. So we had some messy closing processes for a variety of reasons, but always able to kind of get through them um, with the help of a good team. You know, I find that's a very common theme with everybody is um, the limited truth. I mean, it's the one that I think stops most people from moving forward. So it's not an actual challenge of, um, you know, this came up and how do I get around it? Like, like, I don't know, you go to look at a property and you find out it's not zoned the way that it needs to be zoned. So, so someone else might go, all right clearly this isn't the right thing for me to be doing. I'm going to go back to my job and not worry about this again. And a lot of people uh, do have that limiting belief. And I think that if you can get around that, it's 90% of the struggle. Yeah, I would agree with that. Almost a hundred percent. I mean, it can, it can be a hundred percent the reason why you get out of it. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty impact, a pretty important piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is, you know, that's one of the reasons why all, a lot of these uh, books on real estate investing, other topics, similar financial wealth, that sort of a thing. It, it, a lot of them start with mindset, you know, and, and all that thing. And it's a major piece of it. If you're not in the right state of mind, you're not thinking, you know, big enough or you're, 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 you're not getting rid of some of those limiting beliefs, then you're not going to be open to accepting the, the information, the, you know, the, the positive results that are going to come from it all. Right. So yeah, it's, it's the starting point. Definitely. If you look for it, there is always a reason to back out for sure. If you definitely you gotta do is look for it and it's you'll there. find it easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And investing and managing as well now can be uh, a very negative process a lot of the time. And if you're, you know, if you're looking for any excuse to get out, there's, there's plenty. So um, just kind of, kind of tell yourself, you know, it's part of it. Uh, just kind of do what you can and move on and get through it and, yeah. management world for sure right there's a lot of yeah. negativity in that all day long right there's yeah. there's not a lot of reasons tenants are calling you with that are positive right there's no. not a whole bunch of reasons that landlords are calling you if, that are positive there's usually an issue to deal with and definitely you got to have your mindset straight to 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 succeed or get through that industry even just day to day because it's a tough one absolutely and um a great one if you do it you know you can overcome that and uh you know get your business going it's definitely got a great great potential it's just, you got to uh, know what you're in for and be able to get through that stuff. Jake, where do you see your business going in the next, maybe over the next year and then beyond? Yeah. Um, I think over the next year, I personally really want to just, just uh, standardize everything I've been working on. So I'm, I'm still kind of up in the air on a lot of processes and how I deal with things, always learning and, and getting new ideas and make sure that the management itself is running smoothly where I've got no hiccups. Um, I've got teams in place everywhere that I'm comfortable to take on 
more units and grow. Um, and then after that, which I'm currently working on as well as uh, one grow my social media and overall brand. So that's becoming more and more important of a, an aspect of this business. So getting your name out there, um, networking with people like in the multifamily space, something that I've found and been told is that reputation is huge. You know, there's, there's many, there's, there's fewer uh, players in the space and uh, reputation is key. So making sure that I build that reputation along with a brand and social media, just to get my name out there, which will help me raise capital um, and then start working on uh, some more deals. So hopefully within say a year, um, work on another, another acquisition, another property. Um, but during that time, just making sure that I've got all the, all the pieces in place to that so that I can do it properly. Makes sense. Yeah, there, there definitely is a smaller, there's a smaller community and the, the bigger you go with bigger units. Right. And I think the, you know, being creating a good reputation is a huge thing. You're going, even when you're starting out in it is, you know, you're going to deal with a lot of the same people over and over again, the same building owners, same realtors, same, you know, lenders, etc. So I think that's, I think you're right. That's probably one of the biggest things actually. It's, that's a big thing in real estate investing in general, but then that multifamily space is even, even tighter knit, smaller, um, the bigger you go with them. So huge, hugely important to, you know, keep that reputation high and, um, you know, not waste people's time, give value, et cetera. All those, all those big points. What keeps you going and keeps you inspired and motivated? Obviously as a fairly young, um, investor compared to who, you know, we normally think of as investors, you're fairly youthful. So what, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what you're going to do over the next five, 10 plus years, but what keeps you going? What keeps you inspired to, to get this going? A lot of people your age are, um, barely out of school or they're just kind of living on mom and dad's couch a lot of times. So what's, what's get, what gets you inspired and motivated to keep going? Yeah. Um, great question. So I think one of it is, um, just sort of seeing how I would say both of my parents' lives kind of diverge in a way that my, you know, my father was electrician. Uh, he worked, you know, hourly, like a lot in Toronto, worked a ton, um, not really investing much at all. Whereas my mother obviously went into the real estate investment world and has, you know, larger plans for say financial wealth, freedom, things like that. Um, I really just see myself in that freedom set where, you know, I'm working for myself, um, building the business I want to build, have the time to spend with my family and friends if I want to take it off um, and not really be stressing about, you know, the paycheck or where my money is going to come from. So making sure I, I build a, you know, an empire and a asset or a group of assets that can sort of support me in that lifestyle. So that is what basically keeps me going, I would say, most of the time. Um, that's probably the biggest one I'd say. Other than that, um, always just trying to better myself, learn more. Uh, and grow. It's just uh, it's a fun process, and um, yeah, that's. I think those are the two biggest things. I mean, even as small as it is, but being able to sit here and talk to us at ten thirty on a Wednesday morning it is is like the time freedom that you get when you can create your own schedule. You know, I, I've always thought of that as one of the most valuable things for me, anyways. Being able to create my own time where I need it, when I need it, if I want to do something with my family. I can do it. I could set that time aside. You know, oftentimes you have to do it pretty far in advance to make sure that you don't step on it. So that can be tricky scheduling uh, everything in, but you do have that freedom. So I I've found that one of the more valuable things. So whereas you were talking about maybe not making up the income a hundred percent, I think you sort of, once you, once you learn how to manage it, I know it's tough in the beginning, once you learn how to manage that time, once you get all those systems in place, you will you are able to have more of that time freedom, which is important. Right? That's what we're all after. 
Yeah, exactly. More time to just uh, sort of do what I want to do, obviously, for one, such as, you know, sit down with you guys at 1030. Whereas while I was working my job and as everybody would know, you know, trying to buy a property while working full time, you have limited hours in the day to uh, to do things in the evening or maybe on a lunch break. And it's, it's stressful for one. And then um, you just can't do either of those things. So more time for the business here and then also more time to just get drawn family and things like that um, on the other side. Yeah, you might miss opportunities that way too. If there's if there's something hot on the market, then you're off to see it right away. You will 100%. Yeah, for sure you will. Whether it's maybe it's not the biggest opportunity, sometimes it might be, right? You're going to miss things here and there if you can't dedicate um, or be available when you really need to. Okay. Uh, boy, I think we pretty much covered everything. Any, any last words, Jake? Um, I guess for the most part, uh, just general advice for people who want to either get into multifamily or just investments in general that I've learned this year. Um, take some time if you can and manage the first property or part of your portfolio at some point, or at least just be really actively involved in it. Um, I think I took for granted a lot of the work that goes into product management and uh, learning the ropes now and, and really what's what's involved. Um, it's so important to know what's what's going on behind the scenes day to day to really see what you can what you can do with real estate. Another side of that is um, the things I've learned now, such as uh, say tenant profile, how buildings operate, even things little as like uh, like garbage collection and parking lots, like all those little things add up into what I'm now going to be looking for in my next purchases that I wouldn't have known without managing part of this portfolio. Um, and just so knowing what's involved in and in getting involved at least part of the process is I think would be uh, very valuable to anybody. That's awesome. And, uh, and, um, since we oftentimes like to talk about, uh, like a book or, or, or something, you mentioned one and I can see it right up on the shelf behind you. That one. Is, oh yeah. The, uh, yeah. that's a really good book. Uh, as far as managing in Ontario goes, I mean, I know that we're reaching out to other people that one's specific to Ontario, that property management toolbox, but it's a really good one. I mean, it covers all the bases and it really, gets a, it's it, it's more geared on a human connection right uh, as well as the tools to to establish that human connection with those people that are living in your property so i highly recommend that book and yeah luckily uh, i had that book um while i was building up the, the management procedures and i used a number of things in that book pretty much as a guide to what i was going to be doing and i still use it every day and uh the second book from quentin as well the leasing uh, process is extremely valuable as well so i i refer to those fairly often now with what I'm, what I'm doing. And even if you're not fully managing, um, just, just read them to know what's, what's really happening in the business. Right. Yeah. And like you said, I would agree with that. It's important. I mean, maybe everyone doesn't have the time to do it, but if you do have the time to do it, or if you're into something maybe smaller um, and you can manage it yourself at the beginning, just to really get a feel of how things work and to understand that there's a, there's a person on the other side of the transaction. Um, and, all the different things that can come up with management is is crazy. Like you probably, Jake, there's going to be something new in 10 years that you would have thought, hey, I think I've seen it all now. And then something new will happen. So um, so it's really an interesting place to to find yourself, I think. So thanks for sharing everything today. Really enjoyed all of this. Sandy, any last uh, questions or thoughts? No, I I was uh, I was gonna mention uh, Quentin's books, a fabulous one. We've had him on the show a couple times. Um, 
have we was he not guest number two or one way back uh and then more recently i think over the last 10 or 15 episodes so awesome awesome books awesome person to get to know if you want to go check out some of his episodes with us and um yeah again just i i agree totally we've had that debate actually a couple times on the show about uh hiring property management out of the gate or not i think definitely getting a understanding of what 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 a property manager does or what you would need to do if whether you're doing it yourself or very closely working with or engaging with a management company, I think is um, invaluable for your growth as an investor for a number of reasons. And uh, you just, it's well worth your time to do that and spend the time there in the beginning, especially so you can be a better investor, be learn more about properties and what to look for, et cetera. So great advice there. I, I totally agree. And um, yeah. Well, Great advice you, throughout the whole show. That being said, I would, I'm would. i going to let Jake do the property management. <laughs> so I would agree with that too. That's <laughs> fair. I don't blame you. I want absolutely nothing to do with it at this point. <laughs> I mean, if you, it, it, and, and you're doing it a little bit differently, I think, than, than we are, right? Like you're, you're replacing your income, you're doing it as a job, but I mean, at this point for me, it's like, I would rather be out looking for the next deal. Um, I would, I, I certainly feel like I have better things to do than, than hear about maintenance issues and that kind of thing. So uh, my property managers, I love, they're the best. We're actually going to have them on soon, I think. Um, so uh, more praise for what you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, I'm sort of in a similar boat in a sense that I just want to keep growing this portfolio in a way that I can hire somebody on full time to take over the day to day things because oh, it's obviously it's a it's a difficult role. Right. And I'm on the same side of, you know, there's plenty of wealth we made in multifamily investing and I just want to keep looking for more deals. And I think that's where I'm probably better suited. So probably pass it off eventually as well. Yeah, you got great. You're a great experience in Intel, though, going forward, right? By being in there uh, hands on for a while, you're you're gonna you're gonna find a lot of value in that going forward. Absolutely, I'm sure you know that. Well, I mean, Sandy, you did the same thing, right? You got all that knowledge, you learned all that uh, stuff about property management earlier on. You built your systems, and then you guys built a property management company. That, as far as I know, I mean, other than you know business procedures, you guys kind of step back. And somebody else runs that for you now. Yeah, Kate does. Kate does, uh, uh, but she doesn't do the day-to-day necessarily stuff anymore. Like she's, yeah, we have the leasing team, etc., maintenance, all that. So it's, it's, um, just depends what your goals are, right? And I think the property management for sure uh, on a day-to-day basis, unless you're making your income out of it, is probably not the place to spend your time as an investor. It's still definitely finding deals. That 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 department of it, raising money, is probably your best use. However, early on, you can really learn a lot of stuff in it, and um, and it'll make your it'll make you more well rounded. So, yeah, like we said, whether you're doing it yourself or engaging closely with a management company, I think those are some great things to do, especially if you only have like one property. Well, you're building a business, you're building some systems, and, and I mean, just from talking to you for the last hour, I can tell that you've really got your stuff together you're you're on the right track so uh definitely interested to see where you go from here and uh thanks again for joining us today yeah thank you guys for having me i really appreciate it uh how can people get in touch with you uh yeah i think the best way is probably just through instagram right now um 
trying to build up that uh, social media presence. So Jake H Novus uh, on Instagram, or if you want to shoot me an email, Jake H Novus at gmail.com. Um, if you want to check out my Instagram, uh, go to the link tree. You can see all sort of the, the websites and uh, information I have on there about what I'm doing. So um, feel free to check that out or just send me a message and uh, we can chat. Okay, cool. And we will put all the links for your, uh, for what you just mentioned on the, uh, on the, in the show notes. So anyone driving or whatever right now can just go in there and, and find a way to connect with Jake. Uh, Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Uh, 289-389-6846 or Sandy at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. You can reach me at Rob at MrBreakthrough.ca. Well, thanks again, guys. This has been uh, really fun. Appreciate it. Glad you guys could make it out here today. And thanks everyone for listening on Facebook or wherever you're listening. And uh, we'll see you next time.